0: The following is a live broadcast of a Lone Star community radio program. Recorded and broadcasted live on IRLoneStar.com, Connors FM 104.5, 106.1, and Facebook.com slash IRLoneStar. For more information on this show, please visit our show page at IRLoneStar.com slash shows. To sponsor or donate to this program, visit our donate page at IRLoneStar.com donate or donate. Or email us at lscrstudios at gmail.com or give us a call at 936-666-1084. Lone Star Community Radio production and broadcast is possible by folks like you. So sponsor and donate today. You're listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZW LP Conroe.
1: And 106.1 KZCCLP Conroe. And worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Good afternoon and welcome to The Legal Connection with Tony and Cheryl. Cheryl Ellsworth-Johani, me, and Tony Lynn Collins sitting across from me. Um, We are here every Tuesday from 12 to 1 p.m. on 104.5 M 106.1 Conroe's FM. And uh, we're two Texas licensed attorneys, and we are talking about your legal concerns and issues and questions. We get questions. We try to address those and topics that are relevant. Today, you won't be surprised to find out that we're going to continue our talk on assault from last week, but also Covid nineteen and and some domestic violence issues that seem to be arising as a result of this shut
2: in, right, Tony? Yes, very much so. Because last week there was, we did not have an answer to our question. Why is it that so many um, uh, publications were and, and news uh, agencies were saying that uh, uh, violence was down, crime is down? We had uh, mayor, stats, uh, yeah, uh, uh, Houston's mayor saying. Telling everybody, oh, this is great, y'all. To stay calm and keep up the good work. Don't be arrested. Right. Crimes are down, um, but at the same time, um, I know that my calls from clients with regard to domestic violence were up, and divorces were divorces up. Divorces are and up, that, and that mm-hmm. made sense because um, because uh, the what the what I was the feedback was we don't have any place to go, and we're in each other's hair, and that we have money issues and. We're, we don't. All the things that when you're, you've got that microcosm within the household are are uh, amplified when you're. Uh, well, and I
1: I think you said last week too, Tony. Maybe there's problems in the marriage. Maybe somebody's cheating or whatever. And now you're stuck at home yes. with that person. Yes,
2: yes. And, and you're trying to make it work. And you're thinking this is no big deal. But right. before you could just leave and go visit your girlfriend or right. leave and go to work or whatever. Mm-hmm. And this is not an issue. This show is not for those people that. Um, are, are like Jim and I right now, where for the most part, we just, we, it's like a little vacation time until it's over. And right. I know that I have brought this up uh, probably for each show that I believe that COVID 19 uh, will run its course uh, for, from the Easter period. It started at, at Lent, and I believe it's gonna end when Easter ends. And uh, Pentecost is uh, 50 days from, from Easter, mm-hmm. uh, and that's May 31st. So I think everything's gonna be back to normal. May 31st. That's my thought. Okay. <laughs> but, well, that would be great. That being said, um, we've got, uh, so what we're going to cover today on our show is first, uh, to give you a little roadmap, first we're going to go over uh, some of what the, the news media is saying about uh, domestic violence and around the world, locally and around the world, and mm-hmm. the statistics. Um, then mm-hmm. we're going to go into what some of the signs are. And, you know, uh, the, the signs that we have online are for, they really are pro-victim and I'm not talking about the falsely accused victim because they're a victim too. I'm talking about a true person that's a victim. Right. Um, the problem is is that you can have a, a a good marriage or a good relationship, and these things will also be um, in existence. But but when you mean the potential for domestic violence? Yeah, the violence. abuse. I mean, abuse is not necessarily just abuse. You may be having a disagreement about some of the stuff, um, and, and you're going to read us the, all the, like the eight different factors. There's you know, someone checking your email. Well, that's not abuse. I think if you're married, my feeling is you should be able to look at your spouse's email. There's nothing wrong with that. If you have nothing to hide, uh, you know, Jim's got his phone open to me all the time. I can look at his emails, And if he wanted to hide it from me, I would I would be suspicious. And that may hurt our relationship. But since we don't have anything to hide, it's a big deal. Uh, you know, get over it. Uh, uh, what is your take on that station manager, Dick? Are, do you and your wife, uh, uh, do you have access to each other's emails and phone information, passwords, and that kind of thing or not?
0: Not offhand, but I can ask.
2: Well, like do, I,
0: She knows my stuff, but I, she, her passwords and stuff are really complicated, so I'm like, <laughs> I don't really care that much. <laughs>
2: okay. Mine aren't complicated because I can't remember them unless they're pretty simple. But, but if, if you asked, she would say, yeah, go ahead. Mm-hmm. So And do you think that's the way it should be or no? You think privacy's privacy is privacy.
0: Well, I think it also depends on what, in your lifestyles together, what kind of cross each other's paths, meaning like who pays the bills, is that information really important for both people to have, or mm-hmm. who takes care if that makes sense. Because mm-hmm. to me, it just kind of it comes across the path, and yeah, it's, it's easy to ask her what's going on.
2: And it's not suspicious. But it's not
0: something in my day-to-day life, I check yeah. her email yeah. And right. see what she's doing.
2: <laughs> that would be pretty bad if you. That, that would be a different type that, of mental uh, illness. I think that's illness. what I they're think talking if, about. If you're checking their emails all the time mm-hmm. without any um, uh, Cast catalyst out of for suspicion it, suspicion. Right? That would be odd. Because yeah. and then I would wonder if maybe you know they might need some maybe online counseling for that. But normally, I would say if everything in in in, in the the universal relationship uh, factors in that. Uh, there shouldn't be anything wrong with just kind of poking in and and exchanging passwords if it's not because there's a suspicion. Or that person wanted to get your phone and wants to delete everything on it, which we see. See, I think that's what this is that's talking about. You're but I have, it's on this right I have here? people that call me and they're <laughs> looking for, and you know this, because we do have done divorces and we've seen both sides right. where, where one side wants to pick at the other to find reasons that they're bad and they're not bad. I mean, they're just not. I mean, no. they're, they're pushing it to the limit. And it's actually sort of aggravating when they're not being real you know, and so who's not being real. Uh, our, part, client. our client is oh, telling yeah, us they how, make up stuff, how bad right. their spouse is and how they're estranged, you know, whether it's the husband or the wife. And, and then when you really get down to and you them the questions, it's really not that bad. I mean, it's, you've got to put it all kind of in perspective, which is why we have to be the fact finders. And we talked about this last show. We, we, we have to put ourselves in a position where we have to be Solomon because we have to tell our clients, it's not, this is never going to fly. This is not abuse. Yeah. Or tell our clients, like, we had another one where she was totally abused in every way. I know. And she couldn't get the police to pay attention to her no matter what right. she did. Right, Which, I will say this, if we get nothing else out in the show today that's really important, uh, the police officer that you call, if you, if you feel like you're being abused, if you call the National Domest- uh, Domestic Violence Hotline or if you mm-hmm. call Montgomery County's um, uh, the police department because they're there to help you and uh, mm-hmm. or any place if you feel like you need help you can reach out your phone call or an email away and a lot of what we're going today in the the news articles is that um, people that are now uh, subjected to staying in the same household and can't go anywhere because they can't rent anything or they don't have the money to go they're less likely to call and ask for help because they're afraid they'll be found out and then they'll mm. get hurt and so it's just like let's just Take this is deal with a little bit of abuse that I'm dealing with. Even if it's little, I mean it's all degraded, um, and we're not going to call. But but here, um, you want to call the the hotlines for it. No, where was I going with that? You want to call the domestic uh, violence hotlines if there's a problem.
1: You said if anything comes out in this show, it's got to be this that if you're really a victim of domestic violence, you need to yes yes and, and that, that police you. officer
2: and the person that you call, you've got a. A 10-second to, to thirty second elevator pitch, because your first impression, like everything else in life, if it's you're meeting somebody, or if you're presenting yourself to a jury, or if it's something a sales pitch, if you're on Shark Tank, you've got basically thirty seconds to a minute to to basically make an impression. And if you call them and you're in such a state that you're you're not you're not speaking clearly, you're crying, you're out of control, and they're not seeing you. Uh, And then they—they're not taking you seriously, and. That one impression it may be the same officer that comes to your house over and over, and they're never going to take you seriously. Now, mm-hmm, if mm-hmm. you've got a gunshot that, wound, that's
1: really true, guys. I mean, officers do have jurisdictions, they have and you control. really, yeah, you really could get the same officer or if two they don't officers believe every you, time. But you're
2: really being yeah. abused, then you're then that from then on out, the person that's abusing you knows they can get away with it, right? And or if they know them, if there's some inside, you know, that's friendship a problem or something, too, right? and that is the problem almost with everything in life, even though we're focusing on. Um, this right now for for domestic violence Um, if like we have a jury their first impression if you show up and you don't look well if if you're if you don't make a good impression if you tell the wrong joke um, but very very specifically for domestic violence if I had a friend call me and she's like I'm being abused you don't understand and I'm like I do understand I need you to give me more facts but she was crying and And then she wasn't crying, and she was kind of laughing. And then the things she was telling me weren't really what was really relevant. There was no way that this officer was going to take her seriously. Then she didn't want to even make a report to the officer because she thought, well, maybe I'm just blowing this out of you know, uh, proportion. And the truth of the matter is she probably wasn't blowing it out of proportion. When I really got down it. She just needed to, it, to settle down. She needed to settle down. But but I really didn't know when she first called me if she'd been drinking, if she was on something, yeah. if uh, there was some mental illness. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what if she was teasing with me because mm-hmm. her her presentation, even to me, was, was completely wrong. And so I had to, like, sit her down. I said, I need you to control yourself. I said, I'm your friend I, and your attorney. And before you make any phone calls, I need you to take a deep breath and write down what the things are. Now, it's different if you've got a gunshot wound or you're bleeding. You don't have to even speak because it speaks for itself. You've been injured. Uh, It's a pretty bad thing, though, uh, and women have done this, too, when they make the the marks on themselves and try to, you know, call wolf or whatever. And some of them are really good. They're actresses. So, but whether... uh, when the police show up, and they will, if there's a call, it doesn't take much to get the police out to your house. Right. If they come out and they haven't been out there a number of times, because they won't come out if it's been if it's a repeat call and they never never goes anywhere, then if you're really being abused, you've already blown it. Right. So you just need to leave and to go to safety. Mm-hmm. But um, if they come out there, yeah, they're going to go with the person they believe, and it's really really sad. But that police report will be skewed to whoever they believe. Yeah, it sure will. And and so um, you got to have. And I just want to say that if. If in doubt, call your attorney or call somebody that you trust mm-hmm. to bounce it off of them if you're not like in an imminent danger right mm-hmm. then before you make the phone call. Because you don't want to wait a few weeks either because timing's everything. You want to do it pretty quick if you really need some help. But on the one hand, you want to, if you're really being abused and you're in a situation where you're afraid, you need to call somebody for help and they will guide you or they'll come out and help you. If you feel like it's just you're using it as a weapon, against Mm -hmm. your significant other, Mm -hmm. or or there's a a, a manipulation or motivation behind what you're saying and it's not really real, then um, at the same time, I would be bouncing that off maybe your clergy. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'd be thinking twice about that because while you may be a really good actor or actress about this, um, what you do will be seen, again, whether it's by God or or whether it, what you're not going to remember your lies or whatever. Right. So it's going to come out. Or and you it's going to be
1: apparent to people listening to you. And it's
2: going to be apparent to your kids and other family members. Right. Ultimately, it's going to come out. So just do not do it. All right. right. So to get down, back to the statistics, um, right. I was going to kind of start our show out with just like a little bit of taste of, of what we were looking at. And this was an article that was in the Austin American Statesman. And I was just looking for what the statistics were for uh, domestic violence now during COVID. And this one came up and it says, Austin police recently arrested, this was April 12th. So it was about a week ago, recently arrested a man twice in little more than a week after responding to um, a rental home in the Hyde Park, both times finding... His girlfriend with injuries consistent with assault. Okay, so she wouldn't have to say anything. She has injuries consistent with an assault. She called the police. Right, right. right. Um, it ends up that this guy was 23-year-old Jesse James, who is the son of uh, Jesse James, who has the uh, reality show, and um, he is the son of the former TV personality with the same name, who reached a claim building custom vehicles on the Discovery Channel show. Okay, um, uh, it says that. He was charged twice with assault, family violence for a misdemeanor on March 26th. So, this is the second time he's been out. Mm-hmm. An emergency protective order was entered after the second arrest prohibits him from contacting this woman, who was only 18 at the time, um, through the end of May. Okay, that's pretty common. You get a, normally, if there's any sort of domestic violence um, uh, and, and you, if there's probable cause, then to be safe, you're prosecutors will request that an emergency protective order, it's called a MOAP, Motion for an Emergency Protective Order, it's put in place for 60 days if there's no deadly weapon and 90 days from the date of the offense if there is a deadly weapon, regardless, so they can kind of um, weed things out. And that protective order is pretty strong. And if you violate yeah. it, you're in big trouble. Oh yeah. But they'll do it immediately. And the problem we have is if the woman, and this happens all the time, if and it's usually the women, I hate to say that, but it's usually the women calling, if they call and... It really was just they got in a fight. It may have been a, a mutual fight, or she was just mad. She's picking the phone up like a weapon and she calls and says, "Hey, I've been abused." And this MOAP goes into place. Then the next day, her husband's in jail. She can't get him out. She can't bail him out. She recants. Not that easy. You right. can't just recant. Right. Once you're in jail, that prosecutor is not going to drop that case because you suddenly don't want it dropped. It doesn't matter what you say. They're only going to drop that case if they believe they can't make their case. That's it. So you really need to call an attorney when domestic violence comes up pretty much right away, even if it's just for a little bit of guidance.
1: I completely agree with that. And I also think that if you need a protective order, you need to not hesitate in getting one. Because if you... If you're having a problem with domestic violence mm-hmm. and you have a protective order mm-hmm. and that's violated, that gives the police some teeth to come to, out. It's to not raise
2: the bond or deny the bond, right? Completely. And it's not. You said mm-hmm. he said you said he said. Now something can you can actually because be protected. Somebody with authority, meaning a court, a judge, you know, someone that's given the you know God given ability to make these decisions, has said, "Do not do this." I understand that there is it's, you're innocent until proven guilty, but for sixty days you're going to have to not meet with, live there, whatever. And that's what I was going to say. They usually live together and they usually have kids together. Yeah. And now that breadwinner yeah. is not at home, has no place to go, and they're having a change of heart and they want them home. And then they're like beckoning them home, the one that called. Right. And then they're in violation of the protective order and all that person has to do, if it wasn't a true one, if because I'm both sides of the coin, if it wasn't really an assault it, and they get mad at you again for anything. You, I see on your phone that you were talking to somebody you didn't want you to talk with. I think... Or you know some kind of a jealousy issue, they just pick up the phone and say he's here, and they just have to take a picture of you being there, and they're thrown in jail again, and it's yeah, crazy. And then they have true. second thoughts again, and you can't fight with the prosecutor. It's no. not that easy. No. And um, there are three different types of domestic violence. One is domestic violence. It's misdemeanor. It's uh, domestic assault if the threat or an act of violence against a person with um, with whom the defendant has an intimate relationship, and it includes. Current spouse, farmer spouse, parent of the defendant's child, child of a current or farmer spouse, foster child or foster parent, blood relatives or adopted relatives, or roommate. Domestic violence is anybody that's pretty much associated with your house. Right. So it could be anybody. You could be fighting with your roommate. I could be like, just happen to be living over here with station manager Dick because, you know, I, uh, you know my house is being remodeled. And he just "Let me stay there, and I, I spend the night. I'm suddenly a domestic, a even though I have mm-hmm. nothing to do with him whatsoever. Right. And not that I wouldn't do that, but it can happen all the time. You just happen to be in their house, mm-hmm. and, and it gets really touchy then. So another word to the wise, do not let people in your house to stay even the night if you don't know them well, because you don't know what they've got on them. You don't know what their background is. They've so suddenly true. Once they're in, you can't get rid of them. So so be careful about that, too. And I'm really bad about letting people stay over if they need places to stay when they're first, you know, in domestic violence situations. And I've stopped that business. because Good. Because you can't, as much as you like them, they're now a family member. And a lot of them have mental illness. Yeah. Um, now, uh, to get back to this particular, well, I want to say that domestic violence has three different types. You've got domestic violence, just misdemeanor. You've got felony domestic violence. When the accused says that they were choked at all, the police will always ask you that. Were you choked? Oh, yeah. And even There's if, they, even if they didn't choke them, that's what makes it a felony if you're cutting off their blood supply. And people just... Their they, air, air they're, just, they're upset, and they want to make sure they get arrested. Yes, he choked me. Now you've got a felony. Well, and
1: they can tell by the questions that they, if they answer yes to this, then yeah. it's going to go harder for him.
2: Remember and that yes. trial? Yes, and the bad thing is, they is, is that... They wanted the strangulation. They just, want to, they just want to make sure that they get arrested, and the problem is, is that it's not true, and there may not even be any marks. Right. And now you've got a felony situation where it should have been an argument where they, over nothing, you know how arguments start over what's on the TV or what music's playing or, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. whatever it may be. I, I think a lot of arguments start on how people are disciplining their children. Spouses usually have different methods.
1: It's true. Do you know that's one of the number one causes for divorce is different ideas on how children should be raised. And
2: some are more lenient because they, they have a memory of how they were raised with the strict sure. rod or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then the other is wants to be strict because they don't want their kids to be like crazy people that run out in the middle of the street to catch a ball and get hit by a car or whatever. And that is what's... But that little thing right there, it sounds small. It's and then you've huge. got the kids now siding with either parent with their yeah. parent and, and now manipulating you've got World 3 and it's a mess and so kids don't do that. Yeah. Um, continuous uh, violence against the family is the third way and these uh, are third type of family violence. And what level is uh, that's that? That's also a felony. It's a third degree felony and Um, misdemeanor is up to four thousand dollars in jail um and it's a class a well i want to repeat i want to go back just a little bit you can have um and they do this in montgomery county all the time you can get charged with mutual assault it's where both parties are kind of mutual combat is what it is and that's Mm -hmm. a class c misdemeanor you're going to end up in the jp court and usually if it's only, if it's uh, uh, the, 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 the nice police officer will see that this is something that shouldn't escalate to the level where you need an attorney, you're going to go to jail, classy misdemeanors, right. you're not taking jail, he just separates them and says, let's have a breather. I love it when police officers have a I reasonable mind and they do that. I do too. And they'll issue a ticket. You may even get the ticket. You may not even know that you had it against you and right. you'll get it, the citation in the mail. Um, those, you do not need an attorney to represent you, but it's not a bad idea because it could be escalating. You may want to go talk right. to a counselor mm-hmm. um, or whatever the case may be. That's a class C and that's not something you're arrested over and you don't have a bond. If you're not arrested, you don't need to bond to get out because it's just class C. All, all the ones that I handled, I've handled quite a few in JP court. It's usually going to be a deferred adjudication on that. You don't want to get a deferred if it's something that's going to be, um, if you have an immigration issue, though. Even a deferred on a mutual assault will hurt you. Uh, if it's in the word assault at all. So just don't go there if you have immigration problems or somebody you know does. Um, It goes up to the higher level of uh, family assault, uh, misdemeanor family assault. It's the first time and there's no choking and it was a fight. And uh, again, the same thing applies to all the assaults. You don't want to get a deferred. You don't want to uh, do a pretrial diversion. You don't want to anyway admit that there's some that you were in some way, even if you didn't do it, committed violence. And a lot of people admit to it because they don't want to have to deal with dealing they don't want to have to go to court again. they just do whatever it takes to end no the case. No kidding.
1: Well, then what do they do, Tony? They don't admit if that's the charge. You
2: don't just take the easy way out and just say, okay, I'll take what you're offering me, this pretrial. I'll admit to it by getting a pretrial intervention. I'll admit to it by doing a deferred. Um, I'll admit to it by doing a probation so I don't go to jail. If you didn't do it, don't admit to it. Mm-hmm. Don't take the easy way out. If you've got a spouse who is picking at you and pushing at you, and, and, and trying to goad you into an assault for whatever reason they want something or they just pick at you then leave the situation fight or flight fly and maybe this is not a good relationship for you to be in okay but um, but um, you get to the next level of uh, well the the first level is misdemeanor well, the first level is actually JP, which is not even misdemeanor. It's a Class C misdemeanor. Class C. Then you uh-huh. get the, the county court misdemeanors, which are the Class A's and B's. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's going to be a Class A if it's a first assault. There's no Class B assault. Um, but you would want to get an attorney at that point because you do not want this on your record. Assault's a bad thing to have on your record, and it will show up on your record forever. Right. And and it'll look like you're somebody that, that wife beats or kid it's beats or is assaultive. Yeah. And, and it, when somebody does put your name in one of the county records, any county records, and it shows up that you had an assault against you, then automatically that comes to their mind is that you punch somebody out or you stab somebody. And it may have been nothing more than it was a mutual fight and you just wanted to get it off your record. But right. you don't get that benefit when it's an employer looking at your record. So right. don't 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 do don't it. Don't do it. Mm-hmm. T- take the the longer, more difficult road to to exonerating yourself if you're not guilty of that. Now, if you are guilty, then, you know, you you may want the pretrial intervention. You may want um, to do the deferred, the probation, and then get some counseling and help. And I will say this. Montgomery County is very good about giving you a deferred or pretrial intervention and asking that a part of the punishment be to take a, um, a, a domestic violence Class. class they're very very good and i think that i that still
1: won't get it off your record it won't get them off it won't
2: that's why if you didn't really do it you don't want to do that but i think domestic violence classes even the ones they had online are good for anybody to see so you can help somebody else that may be going through that yeah um so you have uh, four thousand up to four thousand dollars in a year in jail for a misdemeanor and then it gets really bad if you've got somebody that's calling on you all the time that it's it's phony you really didn't do it or if you really are being abused, you should get, just like we were saying, you should be able to present this in a proper way so that you're taken seriously mm-hmm. and be able to get this person away and maybe some help. And even in jail, uh, a lot of people come to yeah. have come to Jesus moments when they're in jail yeah. because they realize how bad things are and how good they had it at home. Um, you can get, for a state jail, it's um, two to ten years in prison, or state jail, two to ten years in state jail. Well, what are oh, I'm sorry, about? state jail is up to two years in state jail. If you get a continuous violence, the first one is a state jail felony. If you have a um, it is a, a third degree felony, then that's real prison, that's TDC time, and it's two to ten years. But you could get two to ten years probated for two to four or whatever. so you could stay out, you don't get in trouble. If you do get in trouble on your probation, if you commit domestic violence again, then you go back to that very same judge and they can throw the book at you for the full 10 years depending on how bad it was. So you really do have to comply with the terms of the judge. Judges don't mess around. They don't like to be disrespected. Um, a second degree is two to 20 years. Um, but what I found with the second degree is it's pretty much um, people get out on probation uh, or on parole mm-hmm. if they get the, the two to 20. When I see second and third degree, I do like, the, the from a defense attorney standpoint, I do like it when it's a third degree better because you can get it you can get the 1244A, and it can be reduced to um, to a lower level, to a state jail or to a misdemeanor th- for the punishment phase. Um, you still don't want it on if you didn't do it. But if you did do it, you want to remember that 1244A means you get a felony conviction because you've agreed to it, but your punishment's only going to be a misdemeanor well, or a state jail. It's going to okay. be lower punishment. And 1244A is the st- the code in the um, uh, the code of criminal procedure. Mm-hmm. Uh, First degree felony is 5 to 99 years, and let me tell you, it is not, first degree felony is really easy just from the accusation of someone saying it. Someone calls up, someone just makes the accusation, they don't have any other evidence, but if they're convincing enough, you can get hit with the first degree felony charge, and they will find probable cause, and if you don't take it seriously, just like we said in the last show, you could be in prison for 50 years without parole, easily. 99 years without parole and and i would i would say oh i've seen that you know people are only in jail for six years with murder no you can get if if it's an election period and the judge is the one sentencing right. or the jury just doesn't like you because maybe you had one of them the, the foreman who was really strong-willed or whatever before you know it your life has changed and now your new home for the rest of your life is prison until you get out and you may not be able to get out so right. take it very very seriously just the accusation can be enough if if just like we're going to talk about today a little bit more, is um, if you're in a relationship where you've got somebody that may have drug problems, may have um, mental health issues, um, whatever the problem is, but they're accusing you to manipulate you, you need to get out of that relationship or get them help. because Oh,
1: it's so dangerous. If it's a
2: girl or a guy, and the bad thing is guys <sighs> get a bad rap because guys get abused too. Uh, they guys, do. Guys get they're, they're, uh, their spouses are lying. They get their spouses are doing it the being abusive pl- you know having their brake lines cut are you know pointing the gun at them knowing that they can get away with it because they're beautiful yeah this sp- whatever the case may be they're very manipulative they know they can get away with it because they've gotten away with it before mm-hmm. and um uh, so at the same turn you need to leave that relationship and if you really have a thing for each other like all my clients do for some reason they're attracted opposites attract um, then you need to get some, some serious counseling. Or, or, and what I tell all my clients, just don't listen to me, is have cameras in your house uh, and have, you can, you can video your own house for like the ADT or whatever. You get the little mm-hmm. cameras in there. Or keep your phone going whenever you know, you're recording it. As bad as it may sound, if you're in that type of situation, you're going to need... A witness, and your witness may be your phone and some cameras because that is the best evidence. Okay, yeah. Um, James, this guy that went twice back to his 18-year-old girlfriend's house, is currently out of jail posting an $8,000 bail after defying the judge's order. The arrest came at a time of heightened worry that stay-at-home orders related to coronavirus pandemic will result in an uptick in family violence as people in volatile relationships are confined to homes they share with each other Without much room for distance, just as we were saying, and that mm-hmm. has been what the statistics show. Right. Um, yet, at least for now, authorities of Travis County and in Montgomery County too was in another Montgomery County um, article, and we've got a. Uh, I think it one? was the uh, actually it was the Montgomery the Mag- Magnolia, uh, see Magnolia Chamber of Commerce had a whole uh, a, a, a bunch of stuff about this online. It was really interesting, but kind of corroborated the same information. Um, the different counties have actually arrested fewer people for family violence since isolation practices has started becoming widespread since mid-march and that's uh and in, that's in according to the county attorney's domestic violence division uh, petitions for protective orders are coming in at a normal rate but those findings are based on only observations and not hard statistics which um this particular county attorney in county said were not available through his office um the american statements fought uh, the american statesmen in Austin filed a request for data on family violence arrest from the Austin Police Department through the Texas Department uh I'm sorry the Texas Public Information Act which by the way any of us can simply email information under uh, tpia.com and you can look it up at the governor's site or the various um what is TPIA? it stands for Texas Public Information Act mm -hmm. and you can ask for public information just like these statistics Mm -hmm. on your own uh, about arrest, mouth your next door neighbor. There's a lot of public information people just don't go. And information is power. You don't mm. want to use it against them, but it's good to be able to protect yourself with that. Um, but officials have not responded yet. The SAFE Alliance, which offers services to victims of domestic violence, and that's a capital S-A-F-E if you Google it, said volume has returned to normal following an uptick of approximately 40% that coincided with the start of the isolation. And, and
1: th- that's Austin, that's Travis Austin. County? That's Austin, Yeah, this right here, the DA in Montgomery County um, reported a 35% rise in domestic violence.
2: Right, and that's for the exact same reason. So it's the same thing. People are, uh, whether they're calling or not calling, uh, or whether they're taking the case or not, goes right back to what we are saying, whether you're believed or not. Um, how well you presented. If there's any evidence of domestic violence, and people are now not calling because they're afraid. The ones that there may be a the they said the uptick is going down because people see that they're not going to get any resolution, huh. so are just doing like you know Diary of Anne Frank. They're just doing what they have to do to survive mm-hmm. until this is over. Yeah. Um he said the, the decrease, as we were talking about, uh, may be misleading because. Um, People are suffering abuse at a, or may be suffering abuse at a higher rate but do not feel comfortable alerting authorities while their partner or the abusive parent um, is still near them. And we talked about that last week where kids aren't going to school, they can't report to their teachers, and they're afraid because if their parents are abusing them, still domestic violence, what are they going to do? And we're not talking, I guess it could happen with teenagers, but we're talking about the you know, the five, six, seven, 10-year-olds, the ones that really... The, the only thing they the only people they have to see what's going on is going to be their teachers, their churches, people that are outside and if they're not going anywhere who knows what's going on behind closed doors. Um, it's really hard to make that phone call or send that text message for support um, running with the theory on why call volume uh, running with the theory on why call volume has decreased since the initial spike and that goes toward knowing your um, your significant other's password. if there really is abuse going on, and they know your password, they're going to see you calling the police. So that kind of goes, you know, the, the, the sword is a double-edged sword. Uh, you want to be able to share and be open, but if you're afraid of your spouse, you don't want to have them be able to see that you're calling the police. On the other hand, I think that you could very easily walk next door to your neighbor and say, could you call them for me? Mm-hmm. There's ways of getting around that. Um, the affidavit in James' first arrest stated that police arrived to the rental home in, uh, in Austin after a caller reportedly heard a woman's yell for help. Don't hurt me. That's a lot of times how it comes up, and it mm-hmm. it's frustrating for me when I take these cases and I've got a I'm trying so hard to resolve the situation and get counseling for these people or whatever, and I've got third party witnesses that have called, and a lot of times the third party witness really didn't hear what they heard at all, but they did too. So it kind of goes both ways. You have to really look at all the evidence. Right. The woman according to the affidavit had been dating James for about six months. Uh, she told police that James had stomped on her arm three times after she confronted him about cheating on her. That is such a common thread of why the, uh, people are fighting with each other. Because right. one person thinks the other is cheating and they confront the person who is cheating mm-hmm. and they don't want to be confronted with the truth, and so they fight back. Like, if I silence you, how dare you You even yeah. say that? And, you know, it's, it's abusive yeah. to say it's all in your head. And then they abuse, they really do abuse them. Mm-hmm. Um, so police noted in the report that the woman had two fresh breezes on her forearm and a bleeding cut to her wrist and that her knuckles were bright red. And I will say in defense of Jesse James' son, she could have made those marks on herself and she may have been mad he was cheating and she just wanted to get him in trouble because he was a celebrity son. So we really don't know based on this report. Right. Um, James, when questioned about the woman's injury, said they were from, <laughs> now this I don't believe in, from rough sex. I hear that. When I hear that, it's like, no, I'm never believing that rough sex is is so prevalent that you're going to have bruises all over your arms between 18, 19, and 20-year-olds. Yeah. Um, the magistrate judge originally set a $2,000 bond, which is very common, and approved a personal bond against the recommendation of pre services. It is not uncommon for a judge to disregard the recommendation, particularly for a misdemeanor offense. It's very common to get a personal job on a, for a personal bond, bond on a first offense of any kind. Right. So another word too wise for people that are arrested for the first time. Do not just pay your bond and get out. If you wait and talk to the judge, the magistrate judge may say, "Just get somebody to sign for you, and I'm going to cut you loose, and you don't lose your two thousand dollars or have to go to a bonds person." Right. And to go uh, along that those lines, if you pay the money directly to the jail, you'll get it all back at the end of the case, regardless of whether you've been exonerated or not. If you pay money to a bondsman, which is usually 10 to 50% of whatever the bond is, depending on your immigration status or, you know, whether you have a propensity for not showing up or whatever the case may be, um, then, then you're never going to get that money back because your bondsman's that's, that's part of the perk of having right. a bondsman. Yeah. Um, eight days later, James was rearrested after an officer responding to the same home, found the woman in a bath towel crying and holding her head. It could have been that she was making it up again because she maddened out he was cheating again, or it could be that he's abusive. Uh, The woman, according to the affidavit, told police she did not feel safe when James was released after the first arrest and had a friend come stay with her. That's good. I mean, that would be logical. Okay. So she has her friend staying with her, Mm -hmm. and James isn't around, right? Um, The day before the second incident, James made the friend leave the home. The affidavit said, I don't believe that. Now, right now, I'm not believing this girl. What, what power did this guy have to go to this girl's apartment and say, you need to leave this home? There it was, it a, was
1: her apartment, right? right? Well,
2: I don't know. We, they don't give you enough information here. Yeah. But if there was a protective order, it didn't matter whose apartment it was. He wasn't supposed right. to be there. Yeah. So I don't believe her now. I don't believe either one of them at this point. Um, James, I think that they're a feuding couple, and she's 18, and he's 23, and she likes it. He's got, you know, some social presence, and her dad's, his dad's a celebrity. And I think they just like each other and they're playing games with the law. And if I were the police officer, I'd be really frustrated right now at this point. Yeah. Um, James, the woman told, sprayed her with a shower head, kicked her in the back, and pulled her hair. Well, I don't even know why. I don't know. If it was his first offense, that's pretty severe. But could have happened. Um, he, also threw an <laughs> he also threw an apple at her. The woman said she repeatedly screamed for James to stop. So, uh, as an offensive attorney, I'm hearing this. So, he's eating an apple, and he walks over. This doesn't make sense to me. As a defense attorney, I'm not believing her now uh, because none of this is making sense. He's out of there. He comes back. He gets rid of the girl that she's staying with. He throws an apple over while she's in the shower. You well, we don't know
1: that it was a girl. It could have been a guy. Oh,
2: <coughs> I thought it said, yeah, you're right. It said a, Did it say had girl? a friend come stay with her. Yeah, it that's doesn't. all it could I have heard a was friend, right. Yeah, so we don't know anything about this girl either. Um An emergency protective order prohibits James from contacting women and from going within 200 yards of a rental home or another address where she stays. And I'm going to add another little caveat to that. Um, If this woman wanted to see him at the mall, if she wanted to go to his house, if she could arrange to see him anywhere she wanted, as long as it's not 200 yards from her home or uh, an address where she stays, or generally it's where she works also. So these don't prohibit you from staying with whoever. You know, the, the protective order... Is, is you can't say, I, I hear people come to the judge all the time and saying you've got to lift this protective order. They live together. They have no place to go. Mm-hmm. And the truth of the matter is, if if you've got in this kind of violent situation, you do need to be separated, and and you better keep it on the down low if you're going to go back to living together again because right. that person that's got the protective order against them is going to go can't to jail. Call, right. um, but if you really do want to stay together or at least see each other and there may be kids involved, mm-hmm. then stay away from each other, get separate places to stay, even if it's someone's couch, and then you can visit at the mall if you need to try to work it out or whatever, provided that it's the the victim that allows it. You can't, because if the victim's making it up, then they're going to erase all the text messages inviting you, and then you're now stuck again with, they stalked me at the mall. Right. So you you better have some evidence before you even do that. Mm -hmm. Uh, James is due in court on May 21st for the first arrest and May 29th for the second arrest. Um, his defense attorney uh, did not respond to multiple messages. That's pretty t- standard. Defense attorneys do not want to talk about the case in public. It's not wise, ever, because she probably hasn't collected all the facts. Um, I mean, yeah. what if this girl really is being abused? Uh, she doesn't want to put that, that person in danger either. Uh, James' father lives south of Austin in Driftwood. I didn't know that Jesse James lived in Austin. Um, he recently announced a split from his wife, uh, who's a prominent drag racer, um, whose father, John Paul DeJoria co-founded Paul Mitchell. I know all these people live so close up there in Austin all right so um, the older James Pre was married to a category award-winning actress Sandra Bullock so they're all well connected and it's no surprise that this made the statesman's newspaper but this is not uncommon for these kind of things to happen to people that are not um, well established and have some kind of mark in the in social media or, or just regular media um, it happens uh, a lot when the wife or the husband is financially taken care of by the other and one person feels um like they are being manipulated regardless which one it is the wife doesn't have any money the husband is entitled or or it could be that the wife um is used to having everything Mm -hmm. done for her and now she's mad because she's not getting everything she wants so you just have to establish all the facts what do you have on your violence um
1: Uh, We've got some uh, signs of physical violence um, or or violence, either physical or sexual violence. Mm -hmm. Um, One is using coercion and threats, making or carrying out threats to do something or hurt someone. The other, this is her, but I would say him or her, Mm -hmm. threatening to leave him or her, to commit suicide, to report him or her to welfare. Making him drop the charges, her drop the that charges. is more common than you know. <laughs> it, it somebody sure
2: is somebody threatening suicide, and maybe they are suicidal, and people stay with them so they won't be suicidal. Yeah, but that
1: threatening suicide, Tony, is so common. It's, it's such about, a, a common. But a lot of times it may
2: be because they're so distraught because they wanted it to work, and maybe they don't. They've had some kind of issues with their, but they need some counseling if they go there. But Sex, that is just so coercive. I mean, my gosh, talk
1: about you know. Can you imagine having kids with this person and them saying all the time, "If you don't do so and so, I'm going to kill myself." Well, well, you King know what? Myself.
2: Sometimes they do, though, and that's really sad because, yeah. you know. Um, that's the who worst was it? part. Uh, I was reading about, uh, it wasn't James Taylor, it was Jackson Brown's new wife of three months way back in the 70s. Um, I don't know what the situation was, but she was gorgeous, and um, she threatened to commit suicide, and then she did. <laughs> and uh, the same Terrible. thing, uh, you have to wonder when people are really going to go through with it because they're so upset that the <laughs> relationship isn't working that they'll do it. So you can't take it that lightly. You have to. That's listen why to it. it's so terrible. Yeah, you, if they're doing it and they really don't mean it. But I, I had another case where it was I'm going to threaten to turn you into to welfare, welfare, right? Because the, the the gals can't work, or maybe the guys that they're watching them. But typically, it's the mom at home with the kids. They can't work, and so they're trying to find a way to get childcare and and so they'll leave the kids with the oldest child who mm-hmm. may only be 13 mm-hmm. or they have somebody that may have a drinking problem watching their kids. Or are they leaving them with it? They're, they're doing what they have to do to survive and this other person knows they've got something on them. Maybe they were you know they've, they had a history of being an alcoholic and they're going to say i'm going to say you're an alcoholic and i found this oh, and i'm going to turn you in absolutely. so people are manipulative they do really bad things so that is abuse mm-hmm. it may not be enough to call the police over i think it may be enough to leave that relationship over uh yeah that's a good point tony mm-hmm. uh using economic abuse
1: Preventing the other person from getting or keeping a job, getting or keeping a job, that's not
2: uncommon. And I always wondered, though, why don't you just go get a job? Unless they're doing, unless they're calling, you know, the hospital or wherever you got your job and making it so you can't keep it. I know
1: people where their husband would sabotage their computer every time they had to use it. Mm -hmm. They'd
2: find it all thrown over. They'd steal it, break it. That's when you leave, though. Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, That's, that's when you
2: call the National Domestic Violence Hotline or you call your mom or somebody you trust and just say, as bad as this is, I'm going to, I have to leave this situation with my kids. And I'm telling you, uh, I had a good friend of mine that said there were three things you need to do. You need to get a job, get a car and get a place. And if you get a job, then you can, you got to get some transportation, even it may be just out of order. It may be get a place and then get a car, but you can take the bus around Houston. It's a little bit more difficult in Conroe, but you've got to get a job. And if it means you've got to leave before you get the job, go do it. That's that's just the way it's going to be. Yeah, and if it means yeah. going to the domestic violent violence hotline so they can get you temporary housing until you get set, fine. But what these g- gals do is that they line it up and then they keep going back because they don't like the domestic violence place where they're sitting. They were more comfortable where they were at before. And then it's just a big cycle. So mm-hmm.
1: anyway. uh, Economic abuse. Using economic abuse, we talked about preventing uh, the job thing. I think this is true, and I hate it. Uh, making her ask for money, giving her an allowance, taking her money
2: or his. and money. then I'm gonna have the flip side of that. What if the person that you're giving the money to is is is, is like one of the uh, wives of you know, Atlanta or something, the Housewives of Atlanta? What if? they have a charge card and they've abused it by getting plastic surgery and going shopping and, and going, you know, spending money on their friends and they're, they're bankrupting the family and buying the best things for their kids and getting the best of everything. When really the reality is perhaps the husband just doesn't make that much. And then she's making him feel bad about himself. And that's another deal. So, Using money as a tool, saying I'm not going to give it to you, that's true. That shouldn't happen. Yeah, but it on, happens a lot. But on the other hand, it could be that there's no money to be given. There's no credit because you're trying to make ends meet. And so it, you have to look at both sides. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. that's what he'll
1: say. But this is about violence, right? right? Mm-hmm. And then the last one, this is kind of interesting, not letting her know about or have access to family income. That, that I deal with that a lot in divorces. That's completely wrong
2: in every way because in Texas, if you're married, it's community property. Right. Unless you've got some kind of substance abuse problem or you're really abusing the family bankroll, there is no reason why you cannot know and have access it Um, If you're working together as a unit, and that goes even if you're separated, you can't, it's completely wrong for the spouse that's the earning spouse. And it's been set up like that, like you've got the domestic person at home to make, to starve you out. So you can't get an attorney. So you can't live so that you've been abused into doing whatever. That's completely wrong. And it happens a lot. It sure does. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: using male privilege is another one. So, we have using coercion and threats, using economic abuse, using male privilege, as acting like the master of the castle and uh-huh. all that stuff. We know what that is. Um, using the children, you know, making the other person mm-hmm. feel guilty. Using the
2: children as little transmitters for yeah, messages. The kids, uh, and I will just throw this in here. Kids are smart. They are, like, really smart. And they can see generally if they uh if they're survivors they can see where the money is and it's really easy to buy kids out if they see both parents are crazy then they're going to go to where they're going to survive and That's that may so be, true. And, they, and that means if the husband's a bad guy but mm-hmm. or, or the man mm-hmm. I, I keep the only the best scenario and uh, that i keep using even though it can go both ways it's not shouldn't be gender biased um, but if the kids see that the dad's got all the money and um, and both parents are crazy then they're going to basically um, manipulate it so that if dad's willing to give them what they want, the bigger Christmas toy, the bigger vacation, the better car, maybe, a, you know, the better Barbie, the better bike, you know, take them to right. more fun places, then they're going to be like, Dad's so wonderful. And then dad can slowly groom them into showing them how bad yeah. mom is. Yeah. But on the other hand, maybe that's the case. Maybe mom is an alcoholic, drug addict abuser that's cheating, and and it's all true. So you really have to look at all the facts. But, yeah, kids are pretty smart, and they're seeing what's going on. So. Mm-hmm threatening to
1: take the children away using visitation to
2: harass each other. Another one That's is so
1: minimizing common. and denying and blaming. Well, we've been talking about that the whole time. Making light of the abuse and not taking her his concerns about it seriously,
2: saying the abuse didn't happen. Uh, That's shifting an, responsibility. An abusive when you know that something's happening and they're saying basically you deserved it. Yeah. You're imagining that that was nothing. Um, you know, I, I'm just kind of reflecting back on all the different cases I've handled. It's it's insulting when somebody takes you when you're already at a weak emotional moment and they try to make you think you're crazy. Yeah.
1: Uh using isolation. That's that's a, a also common and unfortunate controlling what he or she does. What and the, they the see, isolation works they because to.
2: they're like, Oh, I love you so much, I only want to be with you. And then they slowly but surely make it so that you can't be with your friends anymore. And, yeah. and and suddenly the only, your whole world is with this person and maybe their cohorts, which are not people you would hang out with at all. Right. So right. so the, the key is we've got social media. Just kind of stay in touch with your buds. Mm-hmm. And it's unlikely With in these days, it's a little different from before we had such you know prevalent social media and the ability to get out and talk yes, to people. That's a good point. That you couldn't go keep up with your friends and kind of let them know what's going
1: on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Using emotional abuse is another way to exert power and control over someone, Uh, putting them down, making them feel bad about themselves, uh, telling them they're crazy, playing mind games. Do you know, I'm a psychology major, right? Mm -hmm. Do you know that it's very common for men, and and it's the men that do it, I don't know why, but... (laughs) To hide things, move things out of their wife's wallets, and say they didn't do it, and, and playing mind games is Girls very, do that too, though. Are you very common.
2: Me? Well, statistics show that it's uh, men I'm, do it more, so they think they're, they're the women think they're crazy. When I heard that, I know me, women do that, that so Weird to the me. The bad thing is, is, when I've represented a lot of guys in divorces, and yeah. the women are doing the same thing, but they're documenting it. So it depends on who's the better manipulator. Which goes back to the exact same thing I said earlier in the show. It's really the the thirty second pitch to whoever you're telling this That's to. That's a really the really jury good point. Or the officer, mm-hmm. if you're really in danger, don't make don't downplay it. You could seriously get a hold of this in your right mind and explain what happened. And if you aren't in your right mind, then you call get your, in best your right friend mind. that yeah. can get you in your right mind. That yeah. That can maybe be your spokesperson and your attorney is a good one to do uh, to talk to, so they can put them on the phone with that person right there. They may not have been there, but they can give. They can lay it out quickly so a police report can be done. Right. Okay.
1: Well, we want to thank you guys for listening. We hope you're staying safe and you're staying healthy. And uh, send us your questions. You can question us on Facebook. You can also uh, download and listen to this tomorrow on Google Play or iTunes.
2: And um, tune in next week. If, and if there is a domestic violence situation, don't uh, err on the side of calling for help. Domestic right. violence hotline, the Montgomery County Sheriff's Department and, and and leave. Don't stay around and be abused. Grab your kids. Uh, get in the car and and leave, fight or flight. Um, And then then next step is uh, find a job, get a a place to stay, and get a car. (laughs) That's right. And (laughs) also, I just want to
1: real quickly say that there's a crime victims compensation program uh, where you can be compensated if you are a victim of domestic violence. And let me just give you a number real quick. It's toll free, 800 983 9933. And in Austin, it's 512 936 1200. Crime Victims Compensation Program. Not just for domestic
2: violence, but very prevalent with domestic violence. Oh, okay. If, if, okay. If, you're, if you have an injury, a hospital injury, uh, you have property damage, uh, definitely call because uh, that's a really, really good program and it come, they come through. Okay. And we want to remind you to serve God by serving others.
1: Have a great week, guys.
0: If you enjoyed today's program, please support us by sponsorship or starting your own show. Contact us today by phone or text at 936-666-1084 or email the station at lscrstudios at gmail.com.